Hey, hey, and welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host, Will Chernoff, and this episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound. New clients at this recording studio in New Westminster can get 10% off your next booking with Anthony Senorini, the owner and engineer at 12th Street Sound. You can find that offer on a special page made just for listeners of this show at 12thstreet.ca slash RCP. So go to 12thstreet.ca slash RCP, 12thst.ca slash RCP to learn more today. I spent like a year like going out to stuff and listening to get a sense of what everyone is doing around the city because I wanted to be different from that. You know what I mean? All right, all right, we are back. We're into the monthly sort of stage after the show announcement I made at the beginning of this month of October 2022, and we have a special in-person episode for you today. This episode does contain explicit language, but I think that's okay, so I'm changing the show to designate that it is an explicit show, and you're in for a long and deep conversation with a very exciting young Vancouver jazz musician. That's up next on the Rhythm Changes podcast. Our guest today is a saxophone player who I met this year. I've had the pleasure of getting to know a little bit, but there's still a lot that I don't know about him, even though he's a poster. He goes to a lot of gigs. He's performing on October 28th at Frankie's After Dark with Lisa K. Miller on piano and James Meager on bass. I'm excited to go out to that. That's on the gig list at Rhythm Changes right now. So please welcome to the podcast, Gordy Lee. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. You gave me water. I was, I was pretty happy with that. Sometimes that's all you need. How was your voyage over from Richmond on the 410 to get here? It's always so fucking bad, man. Yeah. Like, from anywhere, I mean, unless you live right next to the Canada line, you have to take a bus there. And every bus in Richmond comes 30 minutes at a time. It's terrible. You gotta, I took, I took a bus to the subway, take the subway, and that'll take me downtown, and then usually to get to East Van, I had to take another bus out of that. But, since you live in New West, I had to, I only had to take another bus, like, from Richmond Center, over to New West, and then walk the rest of the way. So it's not that bad, it's not as bad as going to your gigs and such. Mm. It's still bad. <laughs> the 410 evenings, like just dog because it likes to explore the neighborhoods before it crosses the bridge it's really annoying yeah did you grow up here i was born here yeah yeah in in richmond too in richmond yeah nice i haven't lived anywhere else i know around the time of recording here you're going to boston you're doing some stuff over there have you been there before when you say it like that, now I can't pretend that I already went. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried to work out before we started recording some way to time travel and like pretend that Gordy had already gone. But it's for Faven's birthday. Yeah. It's uh on the same night of it. I think it's on the ninth is her birthday. Fuck. October 9th. I didn't remember the exact day because it's like the entire month is her birthday. <laughs> uh Milton Nest Metal's playing somewhere in Boston. I forgot the venue too. But we're gonna go see him. It's going to be a, wow. that's the entire point of the trip. Among yeah. other things, we're going to do other stuff too. I was listening to a track by him in the car with uh, Rory. He was, he was driving us out to a, a gig that I covered uh, last weekend. And uh, we heard a good track of his. I forgot what it was called, but it was, I liked it. I, I forgot it. what it was. Uh, <laughs> I played one in this, um, in this like street band that, my other friend Marcello was was running. He was like, I think we played Maria or something. It's the one who's like da 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 da. You know, it's like okay, <laughs> Milton. Oh, we're gonna call it up. All right, no, I'm, let's do it. Let's is check. It? Is it coming off of YouTube, Spotify? Yeah, yeah, it's this one. Yeah, it's this one. But like, we did like a, <laughs> we like kind of read the chart off of it. That's the only Milton. That's really the only Milton song I know, because I uh, have neglected in my listening. I guess. I wanted to talk to you about your two-night um, <laughs> gig 
at Tyrant because I heard quite a bit about that going into it. Oh, shit. Uh, people anticipating it, people getting excited. And I heard a fair bit about it afterwards as well. Even though I didn't make it down there, it definitely seemed to be a real big event. So I'm just wondering what you can share about putting that together, how it went, the Lee Kidane adventure at Tyrant on that weekend in September. I'm pulling up so much on my phone right now to remember <laughs> the timeline because you're being your own producer. You're you're pulling up. It was a. Uh, we didn't have that idea until like after like late August, I think. Before that, it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was like in June last January that I wanted to do like a like a second quintet kind of thing, and he was all for it. And it wasn't until like way later that I found out that Fave also hit him up at around that time, and he, uh, and he gave her. We ended up choosing days that were right next to each other, and our bands were pretty much the same, as well. It was like the only difference was the bass player, and we couldn't find a and we couldn't like find a keys player too, and uh, we ended up. The. <laughs> I pitched the idea of combining the night and then she thought about rush hour or she'd been saying rush hour to me for a while. So rush hour was like the title or the concept. It was like yeah. part of the billing, right? Yeah. We didn't yeah. watch rush hour, but yeah. Oh, like the movie. So it wasn't like, it wasn't an intentional thing on the movie. Is that what you mean? Oh, it wasn't. Well, we knew about the movie. We just never watched it. <laughs> oh, I see. So you're referencing it even though you hadn't in fact. Yeah. Actually. Okay. Yeah. It was Chris Tucker, right? Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Yeah. I, I thought it was so. Eddie Murphy and Jackie Chan. Is. And then I like said that. Oh, I see. So you kind of the show, it was that, kinda... that you did it really, you know, you hadn't really checked it out. Oh, no, we funny. told everyone that we hadn't watched it. And then I got the name wrong. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Because I remember hearing about it. I didn't know about the rush hour angle. I saw you post about that kind of as it was coming up. But I didn't realize that it came together so organically, right? That it was like you were coming in with two different gigs and then you ended up merging as you, as you approached it. Yeah. And uh, I think she was going to do electric stuff for most of her one. And then mine was going to be the... And then mine was mainly thinking about second quintet. And uh, I mean, for most of the things I've led... The one thing I've led, I mean, there was like a, I tr I tried to separate it from, tried to separate it with a uh, mostly acoustic first set and then second set I plugged some things in. Yeah. Has been like my rudimentary concept so far. So we ended up deciding to make the second set or like the second night, the electric one. Yeah. Did a lot of people come to both? More people came to the second one, I found. But the crowds were mostly different. There were some people that came to both nights. Yeah. But I think um, Rory and John, and like a, there was like a table of 30-year-olds that... Are they 30? Rory's 30. Can't speak for anybody else, but can confirm. <laughs> around that, I mean, like, around that... That batch, kind of, I guess. Yeah, cohort of people, yeah. They had a table on the first night and they couldn't make it out to the second one though. Yeah. But the second one but the second one there were a lot of randals. I was pretty happy about that. Nice. Oh yeah. Uh Faven's like high school friends came out to the second one. Oh, that's sweet. And they're probably not like all jazz people, so that's a I don't know what yeah. they are. Who knows? Yeah. Well they were like Langley fine arts people, I guess. Okay. Yeah, there's jazz there. What was there at your school? Like, where did you go in Richmond and how did you get into this thing in the first place, right? Everybody comes from such a different different angle. I came from here in New West and just through the band at my high school, right? But what was it like for you in the early days, in the early years? Unless my high school people are listening, <laughs> nobody else tuning into this podcast right now is going to know what, Steve, what a Steveston London is. Yeah. It's like a it's like a it's a public high school in Richmond. And everybody else that I knew, that I was with 
in high school ended up going to like they made be- they made better decisions with their careers. I think. Oh, so they made like more kind of strict career moves uh, or like all, more stable all, career moves. Academic. Yeah, everyone's academic. Or you know, I would count going into humanities as academic too. There's this one guy who like I stopped seeing him show up to school around like grade nine. Who's like he's like a baker now. Huh. I mean, like that's cool. Not not everyone's like a. Not everyone went into the nerd emoji. I've seen a lot of branching out. At least, like, two people have kids now. I was like, yeah. fuck. Like, oh, I mean, in a couple of years, you'll see, you'll see more of wild, that. So that's going to get normal pretty fast. Dude, but. one person's, like, expecting another. Yeah. She's the same age as me. Yeah, that does happen. <laughs> um, Some what, people are in exchange. Who did you find there, and, like, how did... Like what? How did you start playing music then? I didn't all your find anyone. Like you didn't. Okay. I, I wasn't in any of this until I was already in, already in college. Well, there was this one time in grade eleven, because for what little my band teacher knew about the scene, he still had like this poster of the, the high school intensive, big band that they used to do at the jazz festival. I'm, I don't know if they still do it now. Oh, Did he still do I it? remember that from back in, in my years as well. Still doing it now. I mean, the Jazz Fest has been in flux the last couple of years, right? So it's hard to say. But I know that some high schools came out and played at the festival. Like bringing them all together they at had the festival, that stage, I don't know. But yeah. it was like a, it was like a, you had to like audition to it and shit. And it was like, and then you would like rehearse for like a week, like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So. So you did this? Yeah, I yeah. recorded myself playing a bunch of scales, like in the, in my in my band teacher's office. Forgot what songs I played for them. You were playing tenor. Yeah, yeah. I played tenor for them, and then uh, they sent me an email asking me to be alto one. But I didn't. But I forgot to check my email. So like two weeks after that, they were like, "Yo, you have to play Barry now." Oh. So I took it because our school has a Barry, and I was late to every rehearsal. Because thing was a fucking brick. <laughs> Did you mind playing Barry? Like, uh, it was you awesome. Take, you took it okay. Yeah, like, that's good. Since our school had instruments, it had the budget to have school instruments. I got to play a little bit on alto and on Barry too. Credits transferred pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't like picking up a totally new thing. Yeah. I think it was like Bob Rebeglandia. Legend was in it. I forgot the actual director's name though and the name of the person who was like doing the admin stuff and giving us just shirts but yeah it was like it was just a thing that i did for a week and that was the closest thing i had to being in the scene so before that you were just a you were just a band kid playing saxophone you just played band in school for something to do yeah and i was having a pretty good time with like the on the jazz side when i school was just like it was just a club and okay. I didn't I didn't know it at the time that the teacher didn't know any history. History of the tradition kind of thing, like of the music, yeah. No, like, we were just doing, there's this one night in, in Richmond School District where all the, where all the high school jazz ensembles come and do stuff, or like they play, I think they call it jazz night or something, and they're already shitting on us then, they're like calling us the pop band. Oh, I see. They were right, I mean, they were all right. We were, we did suit and tie, dude. Oh, like you were dre- you were all had, you were dressed up for this occasion. No, that's the song we played. Oh my gosh, you mean like the song <laughs> by Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Justin, there was a Bruno Mars one. Yeah, we did like an old rock song. That's so funny. We I did thought you just funk meant, too. I thought you just meant like you dressed up in suits and ties. <laughs> no, some people did. I yeah. I would never. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know it at the time that it was, that this shit had nothing to do with what everyone for all like the past hundred years had been playing or like very marginally had something to do with it. It was just a good time. I was having a good time. Yeah. I wish I had known though. That's important though. Like you got to have a good time at the beginning because you need something to get you going, right? Like you need that you need that spark at the beginning, even if it's not the perfect situation when you're getting going. You need that to be able to get to the next thing, right? Yeah. Like, what what other schools did I encounter once I started? I kept, it was like 
A lot of people from Point Grey go, don't they? Go where? Like end up continuing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a sense of it right now. I mean, maybe ten years ago, I I did, but who knows where where everybody's at right I, now? Yeah, yeah. It, it matters less and less for sure. Like when you age, for sure. I just like been speculating though if I had gotten on it, I had been able to get on it sooner, where I would be, because. You know, some people get force fed this shit like by their parents as a baby. And like just being insecure about it, think thinking like they are more killing than me because they got to they got exposed to this stuff earlier and more often than I got, you know. Huh. I guess there's always different directions you can look from whatever your point is, wherever you feel like you are. For those kind of people, who knows if they end up continuing with it, right? Maybe they never had the same kind of enthusiasm for the first place, and so they don't have what it takes to, to keep carrying it forward, right? When you're young, it's hard to judge. Who knows where anybody's going to end up, right? My personal answer is don't think about it. We're, yeah. we're too young to have that kind of control over our direction. For sure. At least in that time. Yeah. I mean, even when I left CAP, I was still way too young to know where I was going to end up. So I definitely, I took that approach. I, I didn't think about that very much, that's for sure. So I am, for the most part, pretty good with how I ended up, or how I am, how I have ended up on the path that I am now. Yeah. And then when you did get to university, then did that, how did that feel? Because now you were surrounded by people who were playing this music and you could meet these people who you collaborate with right now, right? Like that's a big change from this high school situation that you were just describing. And for what months your music and life months, was like I there. didn't know shit. Oh, for sure. That's probably, we've probably all been through that too, yeah. Like I knew like substantially less shit than everyone else coming in with me. Just cause like, they knew about records and stuff. Interesting. So yeah, you felt like you had some catching up to do. It's so much. I had a lot... Of- I was pretty antisocial my first year because I was just like finding things to listen to and like listening and listening in class, thinking that all that stuff was like going to really help me for a good portion of it. It did. It did. It did help me. Yeah. And then there, is it just kind of a natural thing of, well, you started making friends there and then those are the people that you go out in the big, broader world outside of the university campus in the in the jazz community then you're just kind of going around with your friends with your peers and then you're meeting everybody and you're going to these places on the scene so to speak did you did you start going out and being a part of that over the next couple of years after that first year where you felt like you had so much catching up to do pretty much most of the people i met with first year i still play with now who are some of those people been playing with Faven and Kamal class since like the second term of first year. Nice. And haven't missed a term since. Do you remember what it was like the first time that you were playing in a room together? Yeah. I uh I think it was a uh, I think we we're playing footprints. Oh, that's cool. We were both like pulling ideas out of our butt. <laughs> and uh neither of us knew enough yet to realize to realize that they weren't as special as we thought they were. But we thought, but we thought they were so cool at the time, and I'm pretty sure we went through with a couple of them too. There's this thing where she like aimed her horn into my bell and played, and I thought that was so cool. But obviously, shit's whack. Like, <laughs> it don't sound good. Not not in the context of like the recital that we're playing and the tunes we're doing. So yeah, you thought that was like such a such an interesting thing to do at the time but when you look back on it you're like oh people come in the first year with like ideas not tempered by discipline or history you know is that a good thing too much of that temperament maybe that is not a good thing because you know some people get so old they don't have any ideas anymore yeah so it's an important thing can go sideways like a lot of stuff can but it's good to have some of that attitude, right? Because that's how you can find yourself. The attitude right? is so good. It's just that I would rather have the idea and fail than, you know, stay the same 
or like find what's good and stay on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always felt that way too. Cause I've had to go and find out how to do all this stuff on my own and like how to, how to put my own career together kind of piece by piece. Right. And it's like, you fail all the time, but that's, there's no other way to do it. That's just how it goes. They don't really talk about that in more formal learning situations, even if they're like music school and things like that. They just don't. That's not what it's for. They don't talk about that. I was lucky that Dan asked me to TA for like this big band at VSO for like half of the term or like more like the second, like the... Which Dan is this? Is this Dan Herzog? He is Dan Herzog yeah. at yeah. VSO. As opposed to Dan Dirksen at Tyrant. He was the first no. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Dirksen is not much of a big band guy. No. <laughs> so that's how I like that's how I got to know a, a whole bunch of kids who are like playing in high school now. They were doing like a session at Stong's or like one of them set up a thing where they busk at Stong's on like Dunbar. And I got a pretty good idea of like just how they think about music, I think. And I always respected that they are eager to have ideas and they're I was into like into stuff of the present day. I've been kind of internally struggling with coming up with wacky ideas, but then also remaining grounding, remaining grounded in history and like tradition, you know. Well, that's pretty heavy. Can't fault you for struggling with that. <laughs> it's not something you're going to solve. It's not something many of us are going to solve. And I always thought of it as like tempering your ideas with history and tradition you know what i mean as opposed to just having the ideas not knowing that it's like been done before yeah i like the thing about tempering with tradition because it's easier this could end up being a really kind of cheesy analogy but it's like it's easy to warm up if you're cold but it can be hard to like cool down if you're hot depending on like where you are or what you're doing and there's almost that kind of dynamic where it's like if you've just learned to play like Vivov language or you've just come up pedagogically and like tried to learn a tradition in school and stuff, it is going to be hard to be original. But like if you're already out there and you're playing in your own style with your peers, um, you can make sure that you're bringing the tradition into that and it'll work out better, right? I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say, but there's something there where it's like you can go one way and it'll work and if you're trying to go the other way maybe it doesn't work as well. But if you're out there and you're trying to do your thing then maybe that's the, maybe that's the right place to start. And beyond to something there, is it harder to have all this knowledge but not by like be unsure how to apply it or already have like an idea of what you want to do but it isn't grounded in some sort of in some sort of history, yeah, for lack of a better word. The former is worse, I think. The former, you're kind of stuck until you can get yourself out of that situation. The latter is just like, it's almost like the way you learn stuff, like just the way you learn stuff out in the world. But if you're, if you're in that first thing you described, um, you're kind of hooped unless you, until you start to find yourself and you start to find what you actually want. If you know what you want and then you're trying to get the right materials together to do it well and to make sure that it, it stands up in the tradition to some extent, but just that you can deliver it well, like that's going to be really hard because you're always going to have this sense of like, oh, I want to be here, but I'm not there yet, or I'm not there, or you, it's it's not going to sound as good as you want it to, and you're you're going to be struggling to try and get there, but like that's that's it, that's that's all you can do, right? Did you know I started on piano? No. <laughs> what, you just taking piano lessons or? When I was like five, yeah, maybe like six or four. It's the same way that most Richmond kids start. Okay. You know, they're fucking, their, their Asian immigrant parents were like, they won't convince them that classical music is something important. They just make you learn piano for like reasons beyond your understanding, which was what, what I ended up doing for like most of before I turned 10 was going to piano lessons and like, and doing RCM. Oh Yeah. So you and did that for years. I guess. It was like, I'm trying to remember what I got out of it because I'm not much of a classical pianist now. <laughs> I got up to like grade 10 and then I just kind of stopped because like, because I wasn't thinking about it. Like I wasn't thinking about classical music the right way. Kind of my own fault. I mean, I stopped 
around like grade 11, 12. Because like I wasn't asking my teacher to write things about like how should I think about this. I was just kind of like seeing like the fugue or like the sonata on the page and like trying to play it how I wanted to hear it. You know, it was like so it wasn't, you know, and now I listen to like people who actually know what they're doing playing that stuff. And I know that I wouldn't ever be able to reach that, like, reach what they were playing. Because my heart, like, I like listening to classical music. But in playing, I think my heart is in a different place. It did explain why I, like, only liked, like, the post, like, 20th century stuff section of the RCM books. And not really any of the old stuff. Okay. It's really, yeah. just, like, playing the newer stuff. And if anything, starting on piano, like, helped me with my ear a lot. Yeah. There's one moment, I think in like grade six, where I was like trying to talk about how hard like advanced Sarnaki rudiments like the textbook is. And uh, and it turned out I didn't know what an interval was. Okay. I knew how to like play in here like a fourth, fifth, and sixth and you know. But you didn't know like the concept. No, I didn't know what an interval was. Huh. (laughs) Interesting. Well, I mean... You did once you once you did find out what it was called, what the concept was called. Then you did you kind of unlock it, right? Then you you did you well, do. It just meant you... that I knew that what the English translation was. Oh yes, there'd be that angle as well too. I kind of feel the same way with like extensions and alterations too, and also like when you're playing changes and you shift the mode. You know what I mean? Three major and shit, and that that shit always sounds really good. I didn't know what to call it at the time. And also, I couldn't really hear it either. In second year theory class, they make you, like, write a tune. Okay. I wrote, like, two tunes for second year theory and threw them both away. <laughs> You're holding on to it like that. Well, I mean, I I actually, I remember two tunes that I wrote for assignments. I don't remember which class or anything, but the tracks one and two of, of my second album are both tunes that I've been playing for 10 years that I originally wrote as assignments. I think the reason why they stuck is because they're just written on top of really standard stuff like the first tune is basically oh lady be good with one little change up it's almost like an even more simple generic bridge on top of oh lady be good and other than that it's basically the same thing and then the other one is a blues blues rhythm bridge and blues aaba thing um like the a section is the 12 bar blues and the the b section is the rhythm changes so they're both like such standard things that's like i guess that's why i didn't throw them out if i tried to be uh more inventive with my forms then i probably would have come up with something that i would discard you know what i mean we had to write in the style of 32 bar tune with like a bridge and shit and everything and uh i remember because we had office hours with bradshaw to go over it and he was like and i went in and he was shitting on he was shitting on my tune not like in a toxic way but he was just pointing out to me like yo you're changing keys so often, man. The fuck? Constructive criticism. In a way. Yeah. Because like, that was stuff I heard. But what I'd learned in school was that up until that point was like, fucking, you got to cycle to get to the key you want to go. You got to set it up. Yeah. Like, you got to modulate. You got to set it up. Yeah. And I kind of wish I still kept the chart of it. Because like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember seeing old charts that I made in iReal Pro 2 and realizing that it was just like... That's just how I hear, like, this is really similar to how I hear changes now, but just, like, with, but I was trying to do that with the techniques that the school had taught me, which would have been good in a different context if I, like, in a different writing context. Because now when I write, it's all, like, major sevens and susses, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and they just go from one to another. Because why not? Yeah, it's, it's like, it's not... It's not it's not functional, but I like I like it when the color shifts like that. I can I can hold on, even if I can't hear like even if the center is not clear. Yeah, is the music that you like to listen to that way too? Is that how it works? Let me find some some of it. <laughs> I mean, right now I've been listening to a lot of breaks. Uh huh. A lot of like fucking. I've been standing Machine Girl for like the better half of the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. But oh, no. I was I listened to Moonchild since like the second half of my second year at school. I think mm-hmm. they like that kind of sound influenced me the most. Yeah, that makes sense. 
color change like you talked about colors changing yeah i could think about that in in terms of colors changing. you ever heard you heard him yeah you know what i mean a little bit sometimes i get in this bubble where it's like i only end up listening to the stuff that i write about and i hate that i gotta i gotta make sure that i'm always you know actually looking for more stuff to enjoy um it's a good problem to have uh i love i love getting the music and and listening to it and doing content about it but i can't have that can't be it i charted one of the songs it's uh what shall we do off their first album were you there when i've heard casey thomas burns cover that song did you play with her when she ever did that was that frankie's yeah because this would have been one of the first times that i heard you after we met was at that frankie's fraser mcpherson jazz fun showcase did you do it there is that where it was yes that was i was there yeah that was the first time we did it i was like that was around the time i made that chart you arranged it or i didn't arrange anything i just copied anything off the video oh i see i see what's your dmca policy (laughs) you gonna get claimed if i play it right now (laughs) not at that audio quality (laughs) well you can just cut this (laughs) if uh if the video shows up badly yeah yeah it's probably not gonna come through very well so that's okay we can we can talk about it we can link out to it but that's a that's already more music than it's, usually comes on so i appreciate ha, it it's this live version this live version yeah, is hella that good. sounds a lot like what i heard on off the stage at frankie's from you guys off for sure it's like yeah it was uh we did it again on a on tyrant like rush hour two or like the second the night. second night but it was with michelle and not casey nice michelle escudero singing yeah yeah that one was a pretty good one too what about your gig at the lido right we didn't even talk about that this happened uh-huh. in the middle as well you led a gig at this monthly past the hat at the lido series that tim reinert presents where featuring kind of bands on the younger side of things and you led one of the what did you have there a quintet that was a quintet too it was i mean i've been hiring francis like all the time now francis Naluz. yeah to play which instrument? Play bass? Yeah, on bass, yeah. Yeah. And I think the only, di- the only, really the only thing different from like the Rush Hour 1 band was that we had Sue instead of Noah because Noah oh. is in New York now. Yes, because by the time you guys did the Tyrant gig, he had moved, he had left. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, he would have been there, you know, by default. Not, not saying you have a preference rating, but like that would have been the, the move. I think generally we were just playing some high energy stuff, I guess. I spent like a year like going out to stuff and listening to get a sense of what everyone is doing around the city because I wanted to be different from that. You know what I mean? You have to understand it first so that you can break free. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> otherwise, you don't. This, this goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Like, otherwise, you don't know. You got to have that reference point to, to do your own thing. You have to know where you are in the context of the other people, right? That's what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So like we played like a Shibs Around thing because Shibs Around's awesome, but people aren't out here playing him and uh, played a lot of Herbie stuff. I would have liked to play more Train stuff, but I sort of suspect I might be only, I might only be able to do that kind of stuff in like a quartet format. Do you like more piano action, more of the, more of the rhythm section? Yeah. I think I might never call a guitar player for a long time lack not for like skill issue or anything it's just a i just don't the hear sound it right now you're looking for yeah i switched to guitar trio also because of practicality too three people instead of more but my next album's a guitar trio album my first album was a trumpet piano bass drums quartet because like you're playing guitar no oh. francis henson <laughs> my friend is playing guitar i'm playing no. electric bass it's pretty good uh, but I I started with trumpet, piano, upright, and drums because I just wanted to copy the Brad Turner Quartet. That's that's all I wanted to do at the time. I'm not sure if I can explain why I hear like why what I hear right now is has got some intensity to it, or like why I would like to be playing fiercely right now. I think it's just because like I don't know when I was going out and listening, I ended up hearing a lot of stuff on the cooler side. You mean like less cool in terms of like less intense, like cool versus hot kind of thing? I so, guess. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think people think I like 
I'm mad when I play like that. <laughs> but you know, like Train was mad when he played that stuff too. And it was super intense. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't mad. He was just like, you know, like a pastor on fire. Just going hard. Yeah. That's the mood you've been in. Now that you've gone out there and you listen to stuff, this is what you want. This is what you have to say right now, sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. I'm like a little angry about the the yichting, or like the situation, because you know, like my entire year and maybe like the year after us too, we got shafted out of like half our entire fucking degree. You know, kind of shit is that specifically just because of COVID stuff and and all the whirlwind of things over the COVID last two stuff. years. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. So when fill in the fill in the gaps for somebody who hasn't been paying attention or doesn't know your exact timeline at the school, like we all know the COVID timeline, but like when did you come in? When did it affect you? Where are you at now? Like what started at twenty eight, uh started in eighteen. September twenty eighteen, four yeah. years ago. And yeah. uh I think it was like second term of like twenty one. I started doing that. It was yeah. like nineteen, was it? No, no it would have been like the the very end of the 20 the 2019 2020 year would have been the first time that stuff would have had to change yeah but. i think i was in bed when they made the announcement oh like the very was, first kind of yeah shock to the yeah, system for the first week i was pretty happy about it, it was like, yeah oh <laughs> i see because i had a couple 830s it's pretty good right so have you graduated now i still have some things left to i know do. that's always a complicated question it's always like, <laughs> in this program so. i would like to finish as soon as possible I would like to. Did you play a not grad keep recital? having to go up there? Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, my recital's done. No, my recital is basically my little band, except instead of Noah, it was Jordan. So you did that first. You did that back in the spring, and then you did the Lido thing, and yeah. then you went on to do the Rush Hour thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, a pattern is like, I did a thing, and then my keys player left, and I did another thing, and then my keys <laughs> player left again. Yeah, it's been tough, man. Yeah, you keep choosing the people who are on the cusp of taking a step and going somewhere else to do something else in their yeah. lives, right? Hope they come back. You said you've always lived here, right? I've pretty much always lived here. Do you feel called to go anywhere else? How do you feel about your future here in that sense? Seeing the rest of Vancouver makes me feel more home in Richmond because uh, Vancouver does not have, like, the word I must use to describe Richmond is fob culture okay yeah that shit does not exist in vancouver there's like there's like chinese culture as in like chinatown but that's not the same no because that goes back in the city of vancouver over 100 years over 100 years we're talking like in richmond now there's like <laughs> there's like restaurants and stuff where like they're like trying to imitate you know like high-end western culture but then they like they just get it so slightly wrong because you know <laughs> there's little tells i think story cafes like that i've never been but i'm pretty sure it's like that i've uh, heard about that place i've never been to it either but i know that some of our mutuals have played gigs there yeah right there's just like one supermarket that i went to with tri oh like they yeah they have do they have pc bangs in richmond <laughs> and uh there's this one supermarket i went to with like with francis and tristan like in the summer that was like it was weird as fuck. There was like a ball pit. There was a section that was selling like furniture, but like like the wooden furniture with like carvings and shit on it. And also they were selling like the uh like the amethyst rocks that are like cut open, you know? You know what I mean? Okay. I'm not sure I if you know I, what I mean. I, I think so. I but if you know. live in Richmond, you know what I mean. There's like the fucking the rock like the purple like the the fucking hat like the cut open amethyst rocks. And I also can picture like something that's like this. The statues of the three dudes like one of them's bald and one of them's holding a peach and one of them's holding a stick i don't i don't know what they're called i i don't know the i don't know the i don't know the chinese lore okay you got per pokari sweat pocky uh vita soy <laughs> holding up the the phone case of it yeah. yeah dude i got vita soy phone case and uh so many other so many other good fucking brands like that i'm trying to oh they got got me goreng so much ramen and uh the next time i go there i'm gonna have to write that shit down so i can remember they got lap cheng, uh they got duck eggs too and there was a and like and they got knockoff toys too like they had knockoff legos oh yeah like it wouldn't be fob culture without like sh like shitty cheap knockoffs 
and there was a ball pit. Weird. And like, some of that stuff is like sketchy and scuffed too. I in a little bit, cause like you know a lot of stuff coming out of China is like that. But you know that's what my I don't identify with China, but like. Well, you never lived there. No, I. I've gone back like twice in my life, maybe. I've been there once. Yeah, but like, my Chinese isn't that good, but I still identify with like that kind of scuffed Chinese culture that isn't completely from China, but it's kind of its own thing here. And yeah. doesn't really exist anywhere else in the lower mainland either. No, because there's such a, you have to have such a concentration for you to be able to see it. Yeah. So you feel at home in Richmond. You feel happy in Richmond. I'm happy in Richmond, but musically, I'd like to leave. Yeah. Are you talking about the whole region, or are you just talking about you want to live closer to town so that you can go to gigs <laughs> easier? That would be convenient. But, like, also, you know, I think I'm going to stagnate if I stay here. And now you are talking about the Vancouver area in general, hey? Do your friends feel that way, too? Not that you have of to speak course. for them, but just talking about things that, you know, when you're playing these gigs or when you're going out to see things with your friends, is that kind of the vibe? Is that I the don't feeling? know anyone that wants to cut their teeth here. Or, you know, there's some places where you can do that, but those are, that shit's so far and few in between. Okay, so you don't, I don't want to ask you to speak tons for other people here, but to the extent that you identify with that, I would love to hear more about that. What do you mean? Nobody, nobody wants to, you don't think anybody wants to cut their teeth here, sees them cutting their teeth here. I know, like, one player who, like, who is old now and stayed in Vancouver their whole life. Depends which, depends what, old could be a number of things, but, (laughs) yeah. Most of the faculty cut their teeth somewhere else, didn't they? There's certainly a, uh, there's a big thing of a lot of people who are living here now and they're Gen X and they they studied in Montreal. There's a lot of those people. Just so happens. Exactly. Just kind of by the luck of the draw, that's what ended up happening in that kind of generation who are still active here. I think that encouraged a lot of us to go to Montreal too, or at least to go study there because they were directly telling us to, to do that, right? Like People went to North Texas. People have gone to England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't hurt them to do that. No. So I'd like to go somewhere. Yeah. When you finish up, like, once you, whatever graduation is and whatever finishing up means. I would like to finish up, chill and get money and then leave. And you were talking about, oh, I hope this person comes back. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're coming back? Because you're talking about it in the context of people staying here and 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 never doing that right but when you talk about this you're still you're still leaving the door open for you to come back it's not like oh i want to go once i once i graduate and save up and go it's not you're it doesn't sound like you're saying oh i'm never coming back at that point could happen but doesn't sound like that's like the main desire yeah i imagine the dim sum in boston is not it's that not, good. Not good so i do have to come back so you'll miss you'll miss certain things yeah yeah going to boston that'll be interesting um you know it's that early 20s phase of like trying to see the world you know what i mean oh yeah when in my early 20s phase i was touring it was all in canada but like you know i got to i got to see stuff at that point got to go on a couple of international tours only and in that age range and were you at the emmett show like that was like two or three fridays ago no were you in west van it was came yeah i was there you know Every time there's, like, somebody from that area, you know. Like, at that level? No, from that area. Oh, just from, okay, yeah. But also at that level, too. But, yeah. like, I, w- I went to Samara Joy, too, and Joe nice. Ross, and Joe Ross. At, yeah. Like, during the festival. That was, that has been talked about as one of the, yeah. That's been talked about as probably one of the highlights of this year's festival, for sure. Which one, Samara Joel or Ross. Joel? Well, Samara, yeah, yeah, probably as well. Oh, dude, yeah. Samara got two standing ovations. That shit was good. Yeah. Like, to me, it's not even that, it's not even that, like, the chops are insane. Because, like, when I listen to, like, those American players, for lack of a better description of their geographical place, I guess, uh, you know, when you, when I hear them and, like, how they, like, sneak the language in so effortlessly into everything they play not even languages is like 
the blues in and of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Makes me think like, is it even possible to play like that without like living there? It's a good question. I I don't know anymore. Cause I was at, I was at a session at Julia's house like, um, maybe like a month or two ago, and recalling like standard stuff which I hadn't been listening to or like no. I do listen, but I hadn't been playing them for a little bit, and I like, and I like, and I ate shit, you know, not in like that. I wasn't making the changes. It didn't feel like I was speaking anything over them, you know. I was just fucking going through the motions. I hated that. I thought I was doing so bad, and I was discussing this with somebody, like a couple of weeks ago. They were like, they were they disagreed that I felt that <laughs> I was getting like eating shit, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" I've never heard you eat shit on a standard. And it's like, oh, you have different definitions of eating shit then. Because it's like, well, it's, they're probably right. I mean, they probably aren't listening to you with that critical perspective, right? So they wouldn't think Maybe of not. it. It wouldn't occur to them. No. You probably wouldn't listen that way to most of your friends either, right? So. No. Yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like those players from over there's like playing a different language from us, even though we're all listening to the same stuff. Talking about like going to go here. Going to go hear Emmett Cohen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I have all the voice memos of it on my messenger, but I'm not going to try and play them here knowing that it's <laughs> probably going to be scuffed as fuck. But like, sometimes I feel transcribing everything, every video you know, because like transcribing every video you know only takes you so far. Where like you transcribe the entirety of like an Emmett's Place show, but then that means you've absorbed the language of like that one one night of them playing when they play like that every single day like when they play and listen like that every single day i don't think that's possible to achieve here because like if you play and listen every day here which is already hard so i guess you have to play and listen like maybe two or three times a week here like that kind of straight ahead stuff yeah yeah and even then when you do that you're absorbing the language of here Yep. You know what I mean? The language of here. Yep. Just like wherever you are, there's going to be, it's it's just a collection of individuals. So it's going to be a function of who those people are, right? And it's not saying that there's anything wrong with those people, but there's more people out there in the world. And so you got to go, you got to go looking if you're really curious. I think I'm just looking for the language of not here right now. Is that this intense thing that you're talking about? Maybe. I mean, like, I mean, there's probably, there's intense players here for sure. Yeah, I can't be the only one. Yeah, you play with them, probably, you know, (laughs) some of your peers, obviously Faven, right? And other older people too, right? Like there's, there's some of that, but yeah, it would be more obvious if, uh, you know, if like you were playing a really hyper niche genre of music or something, it's like, oh, that's only happening in like this area of New York or like, it's like an underground scene and it was a very specific genre of music, then it would be so obvious that if that was so attractive to you, then you would want to go there, right? In that case, is like I have no choice but to go there. Yeah. But like, uh, would a, would a language like this, where like so much of it is picked up from just from hearing it, I think uh, relying on it is not possible to like listen like they do over there every day, every day here. No. With even with even if people are uploading every day. Even if Small's Life is uploading every day. But there's certainly enough there. You know, you talk about several times a week. There's a lot There's a lot there. there. But you're saying that's still not at, you're still not at the source. Yeah. I find a lot of music comes out of your life. You know what I mean? Back to like that learning lines and other conventions of music, of this music at, a, at an institution only takes you so far before you got to start just like shedding your life yeah for sure i mean if i think about the compositions that i recorded and that i play with my bands right like ultimately sure i'm i'm writing melodies on changes and stuff but i'm writing about like being a drunk 19 year old or i'm writing about a relationship or i'm writing about when i went to europe or something like that right so that's literally that's what we're talking about here. That's where it comes from. I'm not sure what I'm missing, but maybe I'll find out out if I... What you're missing? What do you mean? It's like... My instinct was to say that I am missing 
the same expression, like the same sort of, the same sort of language that they play with over in like New York. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But then I paused myself, thinking that that might not be the point, because like I could get to the same level of honest expression as they could, but after that. The sort of language that I play, and the sort of things that I might write about, those are ever those are only ever gonna come from the life that I've lived, right? Yeah, that's that's how I feel with my stuff. For so sure. I can't imitate them. The only thing I can try to do is maybe come to a closer proximity with them, in hopes that you know that might that through living there, my li- like through getting to live there for a little bit, my life can reflect the same things that maybe they have lived or like not like the personal stuff of their life but just like the part of your life that develops from living in a certain place i think maybe that's what i'm looking for yeah and i mean you're not really looking for the chance to copy them or do what they did you just you see you see how that's possible and you're like i want some of that for myself i want to go on my own journey you know i want to yeah want to make i, I sure realized I like it. i might start coming off that way that i'm just trying to copy them no 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 they're like, not coming off that way i i'm reading that you don't and i'm i'm just throwing that back because i am perceiving that from you yeah <laughs> i think that's an admirable thing you know i think we should root for people who want to go out and do that we shouldn't say oh you got to stay here of course not no if somebody somebody feels like that if somebody really wants to go seeking for that no we should encourage them to and if they come back then that's awesome then they'll have something to to share right because if your music reflects your life which it does which it does and then people want to play like people from somewhere else then it starts to sound like they would like they are subconsciously like yearning to live the same way that they did over there or maybe they don't even get to that level at all. Maybe they're just trying to, maybe it's all just on like the execution level. They're just thinking about like, how do I play the music the way I think it's supposed to be or uh, something. Maybe they don't even get there. Maybe they don't even yeah, get there. That's true. I mean, it's like since like the start of fourth year, I haven't thought very much about execution anymore. I mean, I practice. That's good. I, I practice and stuff. But like, you know, Maybe I should think about execution a little bit better, a little bit more, you know. Well, it's like there's two things. It's It's when you're practicing or when you're working on something yeah but like when you're out there when you're at the lido or when you're going to be at frankie's you know when when you're going to play this gig at frankie's after dark it's like no of course you're not going to be thinking about execution while you're there that'd be so boring right like you're not (laughs) that's not what it's about yeah it's just been a lot of i think shedding my life yeah because as uh as much as the things about richmond are very near and dear to me it's not much to do there (laughs) yep very true food's good That's a draw, but but yeah. uh, yeah, most of the things to do in Richmond are in Vancouver. Yeah, unless you go to like Alexandra Road or uh, or you go to the PC Cafe. <laughs> yeah, there's an esports stadium over there. They call it a gaming stadium. Esports stadium. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, they do FGC tournaments like every Saturday. It's called Van City Street Battle. I don't go. I uh, not that good at Guilty Gear yet. You know they got a. You got a free weekend. Yeah. I forgot when. But if it's this weekend, then I can't then you're play. Be then away. I can't do it. Yeah, it sucks. some point, you go check it out if you want. You know it's there. Well, you've told a unique story here, my friend. Richmond, shedding your life. These gigs you played this year couldn't have come from anybody else. So it's interesting to hear it from you. I feel a little insecure about it because it's like, it's always been on the back of the mind that... uh they would have called artists here instead of me. Who's they? Most of the people that have been calling me to stuff in like past month. Oh, you're talking about just in general, like I don't suspect that Elisa though. Okay. That 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 you're in you're all interested in, in doing this together. This was the concept. You weren't picked from a list or anything, is what you're saying. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I grew up with that. Like for me, shout out to Steven Edwards, the bass player. Right? Um Steven Edwards and I, when we were coming up in high school, I just played whatever he was not available for. That was that was what I did. So he was he was out there playing with as many people as as could be done, and I went to go see a lot of that stuff. And then when he couldn't make it, I got to play. So that was. I think I had a similar feeling when uh when Evan Taylor graduated. 
and then I got into Avan like just and then I got into Avan like the term after and I was like they wouldn't have looked for me if you didn't leave man I think the answer is don't think about it it yeah. happened and now you get to do all these things nice yeah there's probably a lot of stuff that it's good to not think about <laughs> <laughs> yeah is there anything else that you want the people to know about where you're at here if I had come here with a plan, maybe I would have had something that I thought about <laughs> saying. I don't know. This whole time, I've just been, like, reacting to what you say to me. I'm kind of like that with most people. So then it ends up that they don't learn very much about me. Well, I feel like I learned a lot about you. I feel oh, like nice. I was just reacting to everything you were saying. So maybe oh. there's something there. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's good. I don't know. Maybe that's like when you play, too. Maybe there's some analogy that you could make. But who knows? No, I I never, I almost never play with a plan either. Well, that's you know when you're up there, that's that's where it gets exciting. In in our kind of music, you know, in in this kind of music that we're that we're playing and we're checking out. I really hope we get to play together some point. I don't know how or when, but that would be fun. I've <laughs> I've thought of I've thought it that way with so many people now. There's like yeah, there's a long list. I have no agency and. I have very little agency or like in when or where I get to play other than like throwing bottles out and hoping people find them. Well, that's and, what uh, it feels like for sure. Yeah. yeah. But people know you, you know, so I you said so. that to me once. I actually, I still remember that, you know, like we kind of met as everything was opening up again. We didn't meet before this spring ish, this kind of coming out of this winter so. going into this spring. We met at Pat's. You met Vez and I at the same time. You sat oh, yeah. down at our table, and uh, it was Thad, my, one of my longest, longest time friends in the in the scene, was playing. And it wasn't that time that you said this, but at some other point, I think maybe at like a Frankie's, one of the first kind of Frankie's late shows, because like you and Faven and some of your friends were out at like Rory too, were out at like so many. You were holding it down at Frankie's After Dark, you know. Some of you were were going lots and and making sure that it it was in good shape uh, over the summer, but. I don't remember what I said to you, but at some point you said to me, oh, everybody knows who you are. You said that to me, like lots of people know who I am now. And it's like, really? I think it was like the second time I saw you. Yeah. It was like, it was after pads. I found out that Will was the Will Chernoff Rhythm Changes guy. Oh, like you when we first met, I was just some dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is how I like it, for sure. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I, you know? I just, it's like, I don't know, it's like XQC or Tyler, you know, just assumed to be known, or at least, you know, is how I see you now, is that you're assumed to be known. I guess the only reason I thought of that is because you said, oh, it feels like you're just throwing things out there and you're seeing what happens and, and you feel like... You know, you're not you're not sure how you can consistently play or be known or something like. Like you said, you feel like you don't have agency over that. Is that how you said it? Not yet. You feel like you don't have it yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I all I'm saying is I don't feel like that either. Like whatever it is, I'm out here doing. Like I don't I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm just throwing stuff out there all the time. That's all. Same. That's okay. It's probably a discussion of uh, arts arts admin. You know. Those are the people that like find people to play and whatever. That's what I do for work. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like get called to be a sideman or maybe lead. And then that's how I can like, that is the most agency I have in choosing who I get to play with. Hmm. Agency is an interesting word because it kind of wraps together a lot of the stuff we talked about, right? Like <laughs> to, to shed your life is to increase your agency, right? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, but... That's going to have to be a chat for the next time we bump into each other at a gig because I feel like we've landed in an interesting place here. One day we'll play. One day we will play. And uh, I had a lot of fun. So, so thanks for coming on the show. I think I've shouted out everyone that I slightly thought about shouting out naturally. Yeah, I did. There you and go. And Annie. Yeah. We good. We good. 
All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rhythm Changes podcast. If you enjoyed it, become a member for free today at rhythmchanges.ca. If you haven't yet, that's how you get the free weekly article, which gives you a great artist event or recording to enjoy and share every week on Tuesday mornings. You can sign up for that right on our homepage at rhythmchanges.ca. Become a member for free today, and I will catch you again right here on the next episode of the podcast. Thank you.